my goodness. Okay, I couldn't reach the microphone. I left it on the ground. Hello. This is the Change with Amber of with Demon Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I love the the imperfectionism here. It just shows the perfection of God's perfection that we don't have to worry about being imperfect. We don't have to worry about stopping or editing or starting or saying, oh, hold on, let me do this thing in a different way. Because we are led by God's ways and God's ways are perfect and we don't need to worry about stepping into perfection because in and through his son, Jesus, he stepped into living the perfect life, a sinless life, so that we didn't have to worry about that kind of strife because any of us who strive to live a perfect life, we understand how much of a strife it is. So, oh, the change with him, real raw redeemed. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a thing. It's a vibe. It's a thing that we get inside. We get his word inside of us. We get truth inside of us. And that is what heals us, is what redeems us, is what realigns us, is what restores us. I love the prefix re because it means again and again and again and again. We can go to him. We can go to him with everything, even the things we've already gone to him with. And we can say, ugh. Oh, hey, God, it's me. I'm still stuck here. And he's like, I know. I know you're still stuck there. What is it you need to hand over, my dear? And it's like, oh, gosh, a lot of things. How much time do you have? And that's the beautiful thing thing about God is he's, he's not on the same timeline as we are. We are often on our own timelines and we're going, oh, my gosh, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't know how I'm going to make the time. A lot of people get their, you know, their underwear crunchy and bunchy when they're, I just don't have the time. And someone says, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And they look at you like, I'm going to punch you in the face. And it's like, but it's true. Just like God's word is true. I just think sometimes we don't like to hear the truth because it's revealing. It's revealing and it's, it's, it can be healing <laughs> if we use it in the right way. If we're using it to surrender today to say, Lord, here's what I, I'm going through. Here's what I'm trying to make it through on my own. And I, I, I see the ways that I've been trying to do this on my own and I'm sorry. And that's the power of repentance to say, I'm sorry. And the best apology is change behavior. I've always said that uh, because it's true. I said that to someone the other day and they're like, oh, that's good. And I'm like, I don't think I came up with it. In fact, I know I didn't. I just repeated it and I just share it because it's truth. And I love repeating and sharing truth. That's why I love repeating and sharing the word of God. I didn't write the Bible. Uh, nope, <laughs> no thanks. But I do know it's true. I do trust it. I do believe in it. And I do go to it each and every day. And I say, Lord, show me the way. Show me the way today. Show me your way. Let me not be led astray. And I know that when I try and go my own way, I'm often led astray. You probably raise your hand because that's more than likely you too. And that's the thing that we get to do. We get to connect through the things that we've all gone through and say me too. That's the power of connection. It's the power of our redemption. It's the power of praying for someone so that when we've gone through something that we know that someone else has gone through and we know that the Lord has provided and made a way through, we can trust in truth that he will provide. He does make a way and he is there each and every day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, our comforter, helper, guidance, supporter, comforter, and friend. You are our best counselor and therapist. I mean, think about how much money you could save if you like really tapped in the power of the Holy Spirit as your therapist, instead of looking to 
or going to someone outside of him before you went to him first, first things first. If you put the Holy Spirit first, think about how much money and time, energy, effort, and attention you could say by saying, Lord, I open my heart to being led and guided in your way. I trust in your way. I trust that your ways are higher, better, and greater than mine or any other thing I will find because we all have a God-sized space inside of us that is reserved for only him. And a lot of us, we try to fill it with other things. We try to put other things in it and be okay with it. We try to live with just complacency and just, "Mm, it's okay. You know, it's fine. Like, no, it's not. God says it's not fine. And it's not okay. A, to put other things in that space and in that place, because it's specifically designated, designed and reserved for him. It's got his name on it. It's like a, it's like a name tag. I was just talking to my husband about a wedding. We're going to have our upcoming baby shower. Um, we're probably not going to have name tags, like where people need to sit at the baby shower, because it's not going to be that formal. We just want it to be a fun time of connection and coming together and just hanging out before we get to hang out with little munchkin. <laughs> but There's little name tags sometimes when you go to events and they have your name tag and this is your specific place and and space. So sit your butt here, have fun, grab a chair, pull up a chair and connect and converse. And that's what we get to do. But that's what God gets to do inside of us. It's like we got a little space, a little table reserved with just his name on it. And a lot of us, we pull off that name tag and we're like, oh, it's just a space. Anyone can be in that place. Uh, No. No, 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 that's going to lead you astray. But so many of us lead to to doing that thing, to putting something else there that is reserved for Jesus, is reserved for God, is reserved for his Holy Spirit. And and we don't want to hear it, especially when when we we know, like, I don't want to hear it. Just just stop talking. Just it's fine. I got it. I'll figure it out. No, no. Clearly your panties are in a wad in a bunch because your attitude is a little crunchy. It's a little crunchy for being honest. And that is exactly what we need to hand over, give over and surrender over and turn over to God and say, Hey, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I openly and honestly, admittingly put someone else and something else in that space, in your place. I let something and someone else pull up a a, a chair at the table where I, it was reserved for you, it was created for you, and I'm sorry, man. I do that. I do that a lot. I do that all the time. I do that because I'm human, and every time I do it, I'm sorry, even though I know that's the best apologies change behavior, and I continue the same behavior. Lord, help me with my ways today, because right, that's what behavior is. It's an action, so it's a way. It's a way we do things. It's an action-oriented thing, and we can apologize for that thing and expect. We can live in expectancy, and we can live in certainty. We can live in assuming particular and certain things, and we can live in faith and assurance. Assuranceness? I think I just made that word up. Assuredness with those things coming to be that we will see. I love this because I saw there was a post that I shared on Instagram. If we're not connected, let's connect there. Re.write.your.life. Oh, that's the word that the Lord gave to me to call my business years ago. And it's been that since then, but obviously now it's rewrite your life with Christ because it's not just rewrite your life. It is tapping and tuning into the power of your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind, your subconscious belief systems that navigate, direct, and dictate your life and the direction it goes and the things that you will choose, right? The seeds that you choose to sow. 
are all based on what you believe. And we can believe things internally and unconsciously. And we can also say that we believe things consciously. But our unconscious mind is about 95%, scientifically speaking. I'm not a scientist, but <laughs> someone who studied this. Uh, and, and it's obviously a quick, easy Google search. How much of your mind is subconscious? 95% roughly on average, just generally speaking. And consciously, we were run by 5% conscious thoughts. And so it can feel like we're in a battle, A, because we are. It's a spiritual battle, battle, battler, <laughs> spiritual battle, spiritual warfare that is always out there. And it's just trying to get in here. It's trying to get into that space and pull up a place that is reserved for God. And it's always going to be that way on this side of heaven, on this side of eternity. It's just the way it's going to be unless until or when Jesus comes back and returns and comes again. That might be while we're living. It might not. There are a lot of things that we don't know, but we can know a lot of things. We can rest in his assurance for a lot of things. And that's where our faith comes to be so important, so imperative, and, and is such a beautiful pairing with our subconscious beliefs. When we subconsciously and internally believe the things about ourselves that God believes about us, everything else feels irrelevant, insignificant, all the things of the world. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I can't believe that you spend your time or energy, like focused on those things. Where is that going to get you? Uh, and a lot of times when you're really honest with yourself, it's not going to get you anywhere else but you desire to be somewhere else. And all of us desire to be closer to God, to walk with him, to have a deeper, more passionate, more connected, intimate relationship with him, regardless of whether we admit it or not, regardless of how often we speak to it or not, because our spirit, not our soul, our spirit was created to walk hand in hand with his spirit. And we had an incredible guest speaker at one of the churches that I attend today. My daughter and I were up at our cabin. And so we go to a church up there on Sundays. And this guy from Scotland or England, he had the most incredible accent. It's quite funny. He was like, yeah, if you've ever heard the voice of God, he sounds a lot like my voice. <laughs> it was like the Scottish English accent. It was very funny. Um, but he was talking about how when Adam and Eve, or sorry, Adam and God were walking together in the garden, and then Adam and Eve, right? And then they ate of the fruit. I didn't know it was an apple. I always thought it was an apple. Well, I think that's just indicated and implied in a lot of the illustrations, but it never specifically designates or says in the Bible it was an apple, so it was a fruit. And my daughter the other day was like, I guess it could be a pomegranate. And I'm like, they actually talk about the pomegranate a lot as well. Like when they were making the temple and all the things, they had pomegranates in the designs. Um, so yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just says that it was a fruit. And they ate the, of the fruit, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And of course, when they did that, the very next question and the thing that God was doing, we talked about the action that he took was he, he went seeking and searching for Adam and Eve and he went looking for them. He, he chased after them because their spirit was no longer with him because the spirit is, is a whole another dimension. It's the spiritual realm right? That we live in. It's not this, this worldly earthly realm that we live in, but we are spirits in a physical body. We're spiritual beings in a physical body. We're not just physical beings with the spirit. We are the spirit and our spirit was made to be connected and walk with his spirit. And that's um, what they were doing in the garden and in the garden of Eden. And when they ate of the fruit, the sin separated their spirits. And it wasn't like God didn't know, right? If God is all knowing, he knew where they were. It wasn't like, oh, gee, 
huh, where'd you guys go? Like God knew. He knew that they had sinned. He knew that sin had separated uh, his spirit from their spirit. And then they experienced shame, right? And in shame, we run and we hide. And that's exactly what admin did. And they covered up and and they hid. And they try to get away from him. They're like, oh, no. Um, but it was separation of the spirit. And we we do that naturally in our humanness. We naturally do that when we experience shame. We run and we hide. We call it big T traumas, right? Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Or we just freeze up like, oh, uh, 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 and we get stuck, <laughs> right? A lot of people that I work with, they feel that stuckness in their voice and in their throat. They don't feel safe to express using the gifts that God has given us to express, like using our voice and using the other senses that we have. They don't feel safe to be touched. They don't feel safe to be loved. And God is calling us back to his love, to walk with his spirit and to experience his spirit. And that's why he gave us a gift of the Holy Spirit so we can experience the redemptive power and transformation of his love. And it's an internal transformation. This is a process and an experience that happens from the inside out. A lot of us on the outside, we look the same. We remain the same or we get older with time and more wise with time. I like to say, <laughs> my daughter's like, mom, you're getting old. I'm like, thank you, my love. <laughs> I like to claim and declare that I'm getting wiser every year. And I am, and I know that I am, and I can laugh about it and say that I am. And that is truth because every day I spend time with God and I ask for his wisdom. And there's scripture that says, if you call on me and you ask for my wisdom, we were actually reading about Solomon last night and how, uh, when God said, what would you like? It's almost like a birthday wish, like blowing out your candles on a cake. What would you like? And most of us, if you're anything like any of us, my daughter, <laughs> she just had a birthday a week ago. She blew out her candles and she made a wish. And a lot of us ask for worldly things and our wishes. But Solomon, it's like he had a wish, but a lot of us treat God like he's a genie in a bottle. He'd not. But I, I like to use the word prayer instead of wishes, but his prayer was for wisdom for wisdom in the uh, ability to discern between good and evil or right and wrong or have knowledge, right? And knowledge is, is wisdom if it's applied correctly. A lot of us use knowledge to have worldly gains and for things to go our way. We're not really using it for spiritual wisdom. And that's the way that God designed it. And when we ask for that, that spiritual wisdom, it's the Bible says that, that we will receive it, right? Seek first the kingdom and the kingdom is spiritual wisdom. And then the rest will be added to you. We, we talked last night, my daughter, my husband and I about what Solomon got when he asked for wisdom, because his heart, he was seeking the right things and he was seeking it for the kingdom of God. God, not for himself and his own earthly kingdom. And he had many, 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 many things. He was very blessed financially, abundantly. He was blessed in many ways, but it's because he sought first the kingdom of God. And when we expect, when we ask for that, we can expect to receive that. So I saw this um, Instagram thing today and it said the golden rule, never expect, never assume. Whew. And I was like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> help these people, myself included, uh, to, to know your ways and that your ways are, are greater, your ways are higher, your ways are better, and that we should always expect. So I took a screenshot of it and then you know how you can like mark on Instagram. So I took advantage of the features that Instagram offers. Thank you so much. And I crossed out in red, never and never, right? Don't they say never say never? 
But I love that there is a worship song that uses the word never in such a powerful way that reminds us of God and who he is today. Not who he was, but yes, who he was and who he is and who he will always be. And it's, I think the song might be called Never. You never forgotten, you never forsaken, never abandoned, not for a moment. And I, I don't know who sings it. It's a woman uh, and she does a much greater job than I do. But I like these words of truth. So I crossed them out and... Uh, instead of never, ever, always, because the first thing that came to mind was my faith. (laughs) And in my faith, I can always expect and I can always assume. And then underneath it, I wrote, God is for you and he will move. And I love how many times scripture uses the power of the word will. These represent God's promises. Every time I see will, I, I I underline it and I'm like, this is a promise. The Bible's so full of the word will and so full of God's truth and his love and his mercy and his grace. It's literally written all over the place in the Bible. And it's a representation of his promises, which is a representation of his love for us. And hello, that's why he sent his son to die for us because of his love for us, because he doesn't want us to be living without him. And that was what happened because of the first sin. Adam's spirit was no longer walking with God's spirit. Eve's spirit was no longer walking with the spirit of God because of their sin. And sin separates us from him. Big H, capital H, man upstairs, JC himself. It it separates us from him. And that's why Jesus had to come down so that there's no longer a separation. There's no longer a gap, but there's a bridge between that. There's a bridge that we can walk over that and we can walk with him into all that, that there is right? And, and will be, we can walk into his goodness. We can walk into his mercy. We can walk with his glory and we can walk by faith. We can tap into with our spiritual eyes, the unseen realm. And it says just to set our eyes on what is unseen. And, and we can, we can really tap into the, the gift and the beauty and the power of the supernatural realm and the spiritual realm when we're walking and right with his spirit. And when we have invited the Holy Spirit to live within us, to dwell among us, among us, I think I've talked about that in another episode. There's like these weird things my daughter like likes, but that's not the golden rule. The golden rule is not to never expect and never assume ever. We should have assumptions, especially when it comes to our relationship with God. We should have the right assumptions. We should assume that his promises are true because they are. We don't need to just assume, right? We know what they say about making assumptions. They make an ass out of you and me, but we don't have to live with being made a donkey (laughs) in situations or circumstances. But I laugh about that because I think about Noah. Like he not only assumed that a flood was going to come, that rain was going to come and basically destroy God's creation and the earth because God was so pissed off at us. But he believed in it. He knew it was true. He didn't just assume, but he rightly assumed that what God said was true. God said, I'm going to flood the freaking earth because I'm pissed off all of you. You guys suck. (laughs) Basically, he wanted to destroy us. He was like, I can't stand my creation, but he didn't. And that's now the representation of the rainbow and this covenant that he'll never, ever, ever destroy us completely like that ever again. There is going to come a time where he comes. And if you have not made the decision, follow him by that time. Now's the time. Now's the time to say, uh, yeah, I'm not going to live in that way. And if you want to learn about hell, I invite you to read 23 minutes in hell. It is an incredible book. Uh, you, you, it'll change your perspective, but 
there is a golden rule that says we can always expect and always assume. I live with the expectation that God will move. Not, you know, God, I hope that you'll move. I hope if you're not too busy, I hope if you're not mad at me, I hope if you're not, you know, busy saving the world, you know, helping other people and answering their prayers that eventually you'll, you'll get to mine. I hope that my, you know, email that hopefully it made it into your inbox, you know, your main priority inbox and not your, your promotions or your spam folder. But a lot of us live like that because we, we expect that, because, you know, we're just, we got to figure it out on our own, that it's, it's up to us. And then we omit God or we put other things in that space or in that place that are reserved within us for him to dwell and be within us and among us. And so we, we essentially are what we're saying is God, I don't need you. I've got it. Uh, leave this, <laughs> make way, right? Do you remember that? Make way for Prince Ali from the little Disney movie. I think it was Aladdin. <laughs> like, excuse me, uh, coming through. And I, I want to live with the expectancy that I don't need to say, oh, excuse me, Sarah, coming through, make way. No, that I say, you know, I live with expectancy that <laughs> the Holy Spirit is coming through because I can't see a way through and I can't on my own make a way through this. Trust me, I've tried and still stuck on the sidelines here. And we can live with the expectancy and and the assumancy. Is that a word? Let's go with it. The assumption that God is going to move, that he will move, and we can trust that he will move. We can expect that we can trust him because when we read the Bible, even though a bunch of people doubted and a bunch of people lived in fear, look at Jonah. He was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so much so that he like lived in the belly of a fish for three days because he was trying to run away. But God still used him. God still used him as a prophet. I was actually just, I flipped open my Bible and I love when I flip it open because there's always something there. And it was um, just a little couple pages that are before the book Isaiah. And it says, Introduction to the Prophetic Books. And it says that Isaiah is the greatest prophet of this era. And Jonah, I was talking about the different prophets, Jonah reluctantly preached to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, before Assyria became a dominant oppressing nation. And Isaiah, the greatest prophet of this era, shared with his precedents. I don't know that word. <laughs> but anyways, um, Isaiah talked about how the promises of a future savior and his kingdom and wrote some of the richest books in the Bible. Whew, so, so good. So we can expect that God's word is true. I think that's what I'm getting at. So instead of living by this golden rule of never expect and never assume, when you're living in a kingdom through king, looking through kingdom eyes and living a kingdom life, you always expect and you always assume that God will come through and that God will move because he is for you. Word in scripture says he will not leave you or forsake you. That means he's for you. Hey, that means he's right by your side. <laughs> he's, he's, he's cheering you on in life. He's not sitting there and just watching you and, and with a little clipboard and pen saying, mm, ah, 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 ah. I saw that. I saw that sin. I saw that sin. Hold on. Let me write that down and document that. And that's a power of repentance is that every time you repent, you come to him and you go, Lord, I'm sorry. And even your reaction or your behavior, it has remained and has not changed. He's not sitting there telling or marking it up going, ah, ah, well, you're not getting into heaven. You know, you're one point away from not entering into the eternal goodness of my kingdom. He's not 
doing that. But so many of us treat us as if he is doing that. And so we live according to that. And then we live by these stupid, worldly, made up, quote unquote, golden rules, right? Wasn't it do unto others as you'd have do unto you? Pretty sure that's in the Bible somewhere too. But we live in these ways of the world that say, never expect, never assume. And I understand what they're trying to say, right? Because you could be led astray if you're assuming the wrong thing and you're not communicating it. Hello, this shows up in a marriage and in a relationship. If you're making assumptions and because of your assumptions, you're you're avoiding conversation, well, you're going to get into trouble. You're going to hit a sticky spot. You're going to hit a rope bump and you're going to go up <laughs> flat tire. Okay. We need to pull over. We, we got some maintenance to do. We got some attending to, and the way to maintain and, and attend to is through conversation, connection, and communication to openly, honestly share it with each other. And that's a kind of relationship that God wants with us too. And he wants us to rightly expect and rightly assume. Well, what do we know to rightly expect and rightly assume? Well, it's all there in the book of life, in the Bible, the basic instructions before leaving earth. Ah, so great. My daughter told me that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's what the Bible stands for. I love the acronym. I did a whole nother podcast on that. But we can live by this golden rule that doesn't say never expect and never assume. And because that is what God came to do. He came to turn and flip everything around and turn it inside out and say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And when we look at him, when we keep our eyes fixed and focused on him, we see things through a different lens. And so we can always expect and always assume that God is going to move. That this problem that seems like a freaking mountain, like a whole, not just a mountain, but the entire range (laughs) is in our way. We can live with that, with our trust and our faith that says the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. And we can go, Lord, I have faith in you. I put my trust in you. I give my life to you. I surrender to you. I don't know what to do, but I trust and expect and assume you will move. I don't assume that you know what to do. And then if I think that you're taking too long and I'm tired of waiting, I'm like, you know, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go make a move. And that's doubting God. Well, yeah, guess what? Disobedience and doubting causes delay. You really want to wait? You really want to wait to see that problem go away. You really want to wait to have a way made. I don't. I don't know if you're raising your hand and you're saying, no, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait either. And what's the fastest way to not wait is to put our trust and faith (laughs) in the one that we can expect will move and we can assume that, that he wants good things for us, right? We can assume that his word is true. Well, how do you assume? Well, that's faith. Well, just by saying that you don't have faith, that's having faith and not having faith. My daughter told me that because we spoke about it the other day and she was like, mom, if they're saying they're not making a choice, that's making a choice. I'm like, exactly. My goodness, girl, you're wise. And I think a lot of us, li- <laughs> we're living with lies inside and we need to kick them out. We, we need to always expect that God will move and tell us the truth. And we need to call on that truth and declare that that truth and decree that truth and bring it into our hearts and our lives and allow our spirits to be, to be led by his spirit, (laughs) allow our spirits to open up the ears to hear it. Right. I pray this every day, Lord, give me ears to hear it and eyes to see what you would have me hear, what you would have me see. Lord, I want to be guided and directed by your ways, not my own ways and not the ways of the world. And certainly not the ways of the enemy who's constantly 
lying to me. He is the father of lies. Literally, Satan translates to accuser. He's constantly accusing you. If you want to always expect instead of never expect, um, this golden rule can get you in trouble. If you're saying never expect, well, how about always expect that the father of lies and the accuser is going to accuse you and belittle you and shame you and condemn you. How about we always expect that instead of never expect that? So when you're living by the the golden rule of the world and, and its ways, you're going to be led astray. And thank you, Lord, for this today. We can always expect Satan's going to come in and accuse and lie and get us to live these small, fear-filled lives. The only thing we should fear is the Lord, because to fear the Lord does not mean to be scared and small and meek and weak. No, it means to have faith and trust that I will do a thing, that I will make a way through the wilderness and a way through the desert, that I will part that Red Sea in front of you. You're not going to drown in the bottom of it, boo. Uh-uh. Like, you are with me. Do you know how you're with it's almost like when you go into a club and it's like yeah i'm with him and it's like oh <laughs> come right in right no questions asked because you're with the big man you're with the big man and he's got a plan and his plans are to prosper you and to love you and and for a hope and a future for you that you couldn't create for you even if you tried and we can live with that always expecting and always assuming that he will move he will move those mountains and he will make a way for you so stop living with the golden rule that does never expect and never assume. No, always assume and expect the enemy is going to come in and lie to you and about you and try to keep you from what God has for you. And always expect that God will move and that his word is true. And assume good things, declare good things, decree good things over your life because then you're saying, Lord, I trust you. <laughs> I assume you're going to move because your word says that you promised to. Okay. And I believe in your words and I trust in your promises and get, get into his words and know what his promises are for the areas of your life where you're asking for, for change in and that you're praying for change in and understand the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So ask him for the right things. Mine ask every day is for greater and stronger faith and wisdom. I love you guys. Oh my gosh. I can't believe this is done. I'll see you later. Bye for now.